America's Godly Heritage. Today, we're going to be looking at Christopher Columbus. So you can just picture him there, standing on the dock, looking at the ships, getting ready to go. The Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. And they have these white sails with red crosses on them. Those were signifying the Crusades. When the Crusaders went to the Holy Lands, they would wear white tunics with the red cross on them to show that they were on a crusade on behalf of Christ. Now, what the Crusaders did was certainly not what Christ would have wanted, because the whole killing and mutilating and all of that was certainly not something that Christ would be thrilled about. But Columbus and his crew, they were out on a mission of exploration and bringing the gospel to the New World. So he's standing there looking at these ships, thinking how beautiful they are, thinking about how his plan is coming together. I love it when a plan comes together. And then he would say, the sea, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Nina, Pinta, and Santa Maria. Their one-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Just kidding. Totally ripped off Gene Roddenberry there. But doesn't it fit well? So they left port. They left everything they knew behind them. Now, what Christopher Columbus knew, which many other people did not know, is that if you sail straight across from Portugal, you'd end up somewhere around where New Jersey, Delaware, maybe the Chesapeake Bay area that exists today. But you can't do that because the winds are pushing from North America towards Portugal. And with those big fat square sails they had, it just didn't work. It was almost impossible for them to sail west from Portugal to North America because the winds were blowing exactly the wrong way. But Columbus, because he had spent that time on those trade ships to Africa, knew that if you go further south, then the trade winds change. They will start blowing from Africa towards North America. They will be blowing in a westerly direction, which is exactly what they wanted. So Columbus gave the glory of this revelation to God. He knew that he had been put on those ships for a reason. And one of the reasons is he knew this little trick. He knew this secret of, I need to go south before I can go west. And it worked. They dropped south, they got to about the Canary Islands, and then they hung a right, and they went almost straight across to what is now the Bahamas in the Caribbean. They're going along, they're going along. I told you they left on August 3rd. Well, they're two months into this trip now. Every day they know they're getting farther and farther away from Portugal. They're getting farther and farther away from home. They're in water they have never been in before. No one has been in before. They're getting scared. Every day that passes and the farther away they get from what they know, they're getting more and more frightened, more and more convinced that something terrible is going to happen to them, that they're all going to die, that the ship's going to be destroyed. Finally, things come to a head on October 9th. The Pinzon brothers who were the captains of the Nina and the Pinta, met with Columbus on the Santa Maria and said, we got to turn around because the crews are about to mutiny. They're just so scared. 
They can't take it anymore. They want to go home. Columbus said, just give me three more days. Please, just give me three more days. And wouldn't you know it, on October 12th, three days later, they found themselves on an island. They named it San Salvador, which means Holy Savior. When they got onto the beach, they put a cross in the sand, and Columbus prayed, O Lord, Almighty and Everlasting God, by thy holy word, thou hast created the heaven and the earth and the sea, blessed and glorified by thy name, and praised by thy majesty, which hath deigned to use us, thy humble servants, that thy holy name may be proclaimed in this second part of the earth. I quite like that idea that the New World, Columbus calls it the second part of the earth, because the first part's obviously what they know. Africa, Europe, Asia. This is the second part of the earth, the new part. And at first, in this second part of the earth, things went really well. The natives thought they were gods because they were wearing skins of gleaming metal. That was their armor. But it looked to the natives who'd never seen armor before, it looked like they had skins of gleaming metal. And they appeared to have come from heaven in giant canoes, their ships. Columbus tried to talk to them with hand gestures and smiles and how you do if you can't speak somebody else's language. And he gave them gifts of caps and glass beads and trinkets and bells. The natives thought it was great. They really liked the Spanish at this point in time. Columbus wrote, they became so entirely our friends that it was a wonder to see. I believed that they would easily be made Christians, for it seemed to me they had no religion of their own. The people were innocent and trusting. They trusted Columbus and his men, so Columbus made a rule. You cannot abuse them, you cannot maltreat them in any way, because we don't want to break their trust. We want them to like us and to help us. So then Columbus and his crew got back in their ships and they started exploring. They went to several islands. They ended up on Cuba for a while. And everywhere they went, as they explored the islands, they put a cross in the sand. And they again dedicated the island and their journey to God. They were just amazed by all the cool things they were seeing. The crystal clear water the coral reefs, the tropical fruit, the corn and tomatoes, the birds with the bright plumage, particularly the parrots. Just all the things that they'd never seen before, they're just like, this is amazing, this is wonderful. Columbus loved it so much, he wrote that he wished he could never have to leave. He just wanted to stay forever. Things were going so well to begin with. But then Columbus made two colossal errors that snowballed and had devastating effects on the history of the region. The first problem is that Columbus and all of the Spanish believed that Europe in general, and Spain in particular, their culture, their way of doing things, their way of saying things, their language, everything about Spain was superior to the natives. You can kind of understand why they would think that, because the natives were much simpler in the way they did things. They didn't have massive stone houses. They didn't have guns or anything like that. 
they just had the much simpler way of life. So Spain automatically assumed our way is better. Everything about us is better. We could do what we want with them. We're going to teach them the better way of doing things, which is Spain's way of doing things, which, as we will find out, is certainly not the better way of doing things. It was disastrous. So Columbus, in this first act of we're superior to you, took six of the native men and forced them to travel with them so that the natives could learn Spanish and then act as interpreters for the Spanish. We wouldn't want the Spanish to actually learn the natives' languages, no. We're going to have the natives learn the Spanish language. This, of course, led to the snowballing effect of the Spanish thinking they can do whatever they want with the natives and putting them on encomienda systems, which made them virtual slaves. They also killed them with impunity. The second really awful thing that Columbus did that had long-lasting repercussions was that he happened to notice that some of the natives were wearing gold jewelry. And he asked them where it, the gold had come from because they wanted to please Columbus. They said, oh yeah, we have lots of gold. You want some? Well, yes, he did. <laughs> Thus, the Spanish lust for gold began. The whole Caribbean and Latin America is a tale of the Spanish coming in and just stripping all the natural resources they can out of the area. It's horrendous what happens next. And in fact, just in Columbus's journey to the New World, the men heard about an island called Babacue that was reputed to be filled with gold, and the Pinta decided they were just going to take off and go find this island. They didn't tell the other two ships they were going. They just took off. So obviously this is terrible that one of the ships just took off. Didn't have permission. He betrayed everyone. They're just greedy for gold, greedy for what they can get. And, and it's horrendous. Not knowing really what to do, Columbus decides he's just going to keep going. They don't know where the paint has gone. So they're just going to continue on their own journey. And they cross from Cuba over to what is now the island of Hispaniola. They go to a place where there was a little cove, and they were staying there for a couple of days because it was Christmas. Unfortunately, the boy who was supposed to be watching the tiller fell asleep, basically asleep at the wheel, and allowed the Santa Maria to get stuck on the rocks. It became beached. And as the waves kept coming in and hitting it, it destroyed the Santa Maria. That was the biggest ship. Oh my goodness, what do we do? Our ship is gone. There are too many of us for the little Nina. What are we going to do? Everything's destroyed. Oh my goodness. But the natives there were so kind and so good to them and helped them out that they decided, well, maybe this isn't so bad after all. And they decided to put in a little settlement there, which they called the Navidad after Christmas. So they built a fort, and half of the men decided that they would stay at the fort, about 39 of them, and the other half got on the Nina and decided to head home. So they're skirting along the island of Hispaniola, and oh my goodness, who do we see show up but the people on the Pinta? So you can imagine Columbus had a few things to say to Mr. Pinzon. 
And yet, Columbus, for the sake of the voyage, says he's going to forgive the shameless and disloyal conducts because he did not want to help Satan in his evil design to do all he could to hinder the voyage. He wanted the voyage to be as successful as possible and not to have hard feelings, so he decided to forgive Pinzon for such treachery. And by the way, the Pinta was not successful in finding the treasure. So I'm sure that helped too, because he kind of came back with his tail tucked between his legs. So the two ships head back to Spain. They're heading back, and they're much more northern this time. The wind is in their favor, going north, and then back east. They get three quarters of the way across, they hit a storm. It is the worst storm that these guys have encountered in their lives. They're convinced they're going to die, so they start praying, please, God, save us. And he does. Soon after the storm is over, they see land. Columbus, of everybody else who has no idea where they are, Columbus says, oh, I think we're at the Azores, which are some islands off the coast of Portugal. Columbus was right. Then they stopped in the Azores, restocked a little bit, got their legs back under them, continued on to Portugal. Well, they hit another storm on the way to Portugal. It's another absolutely horrendous storm. And again, they think they're going to die. Then on the sixth day, they see land in the distance, but they're still in the middle of this terrible storm. They have very little control over the ship because it's waves all over the place, wind blowing like crazy. A lot of their sails are just in shreds. A lot of the sails aren't even up because what's the point? The wind is so bad, they're just going to destroy everything if we put the sails up. And yet they're getting closer and closer to land, and it's full of rocks. And the ship is going to get destroyed on the rocks unless they can do something about this. So Columbus sees there's a river up ahead. He knows, again, the only one who's figured out where they are, he knows they've actually made it to Portugal. He's heading for this river miraculously, he gets around the rocks, up and down the waves. The waves kind of push him right up into the river, and he gets up into a safe port where he can dock the boat and everybody can get off. So it's showing Columbus's fantastic captaining and navigational abilities. So they get to port. Columbus has returned to Europe in triumph. Thank you for listening to this edition of America's Godly Heritage. I hope you have a great day. Bye! If you would like to help support America's Godly Heritage or to view the resources used to make this podcast, just go to patreon.com or vimeo.com and type America's Godly Heritage in the search box. You can also make financial donations at givesendgo.com. Again, just type America's Godly Heritage in the search box. We really appreciate your support. Thanks again. Bye.